You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. For free and confidential advice about alcohol and other drugs, call the National Alcohol and Other Drug Hotline on 1800 250 015. For 24-7 crisis support regarding substance abuse, misuse or addiction, call Lifeline on 131114. Also a quick trigger warning, mental health conditions including the mention of suicide are present in this episode. Hello everyone! Today we are going to be learning about alcohol and the effects that it has on our body and our brain. If you are over the age of 18 and live in Australia, it's very likely, statistically, that you've tried alcohol or that you drink alcohol regularly. According to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, the majority of Australians aged just 14 years or older have consumed alcohol in their lifetime. So we don't even really listen to the laws surrounding alcohol consumption in Australia a lot of the time based on that statistic. Now, of course, the limit or the age for legally consuming alcohol is different depending on where you are in the world. In Australia, for example, we have to be 18 years old. In America, I know you have to be 21 years old. So depending on where you are will depend, I guess, on the laws in your country. Now, alcohol these days comes in many flavors, many colors, and it's often hidden so that we can't actually taste the pretty gross base flavors. Alcohol is consumed as a beverage, of course, often in a beer, wine, or spirit form, and usually it's mixed with a million other flavors so that it's tolerable for us. However, people do also drink kind of straight spirits and things like that as well. In Australia in particular, we drink to celebrate, we drink to mourn, we drink to relax. We pretty much drink just because we can. Societal pressures are actually huge in Australia when it comes to drinking alcohol, and a lot of people feel left out if they don't drink. So before you decide whether you will drink when you turn 18, or if you are currently a drinker who is over the age of 18, it's important to know the effects. And that is exactly what I'm here for. So first question, what is alcohol? Alcohol is a legal drug. More specifically, it's a depressant drug. Now this means that it slows down messages to and from the brain and body. And the key word there is slows. You think of a depressant drug, you think of slows. This means that it also depresses the central nervous system or the CNS by interacting with brain receptors, interfering with communication between nerve cells and suppressing nerve pathway activity. So when you, when you kind of read it like that, it doesn't sound great. And realistically, it's not very good for us. We do it anyway. So I guess that's why it's so important to understand how it actually does affect us, how it affects our brain and our body. And I'm going to go through that with you in this episode. So how is it consumed? How is alcohol consumed? As I stated earlier, 
alcohol is consumed as a beverage. That's pretty straightforward. That just means that it enters first via the mouth, then it goes into our stomachs and then into our small intestines where our small blood vessels then take it into our bloodstream. Once we get enough alcohol into our bloodstream, our blood alcohol levels rise and that causes us to feel quite light, quite airy, drunk, intoxicated, wasted, smashed, sloshed, or any other term that you can think of. They all just mean drunk. Alcohol also leaves your body in various ways, but the main way, 91% in fact, is through your liver. The other ways are your breath, through your sweat, and through your kidneys, and they are all at about 3%. So next question, how does alcohol affect us? Now it is totally different for each person and depends on a range of factors. Now some of these main factors include gender, mental and physical health, medical conditions, and if you're using other drugs or other medications. It can affect you more quickly if you drink on an empty stomach, have a lower tolerance to alcohol, have a lower percentage of muscle on your body, if you're young, if you weigh less, and of course, if you don't usually drink. In an average healthy person, Alcohol only takes a few minutes to reach the brain. It also travels to all parts of the body, but as mentioned previously, it slows down the brain and the messages that the brain receives, and it also affects almost all parts of our body as well. Not only that, but it affects the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we behave. So as I talked about before, when we drink alcohol, it goes into our bloodstream. Now, when we wanna measure how much alcohol is in our body, we talk about something called our blood alcohol levels. So this means that as you drink, the level of alcohol in your blood rises. Now, this is also called your blood alcohol concentration or your BAC, for example. A BAC of 0.01 means that there is 0.01 grams of alcohol in every 100 ml of your blood. In an average healthy person, one standard drink, which I will discuss what that is a little bit later on, increases your BAC by about 0.02 and takes about one hour to break down. Now, of course, remember those factors that we just talked about before. This is different for everyone. It depends on your health. It depends on whether you're a male or a female. It depends on your body mass. Depends whether you've eaten that day. So that is just a guide. Now, another quick fact, your BAC is what police test for in a roadside breath test. So in Australia, if you are fully licensed, you can have a BAC of 0.05 or less. If you are on your P plates or of course your L plates, you cannot have any alcohol in your system. So your BAC has to be zero. This of course, once again, is just in Australia. So if you are somewhere else in the world, you might just wanna look at what your, your particular country does in that regard. Now drinking more than one standard drink per hour will increase your BAC. The faster you drink, the higher your BAC. Now, binge drinking is something that I'm going to introduce to you today as well. This term pretty much just means you drink too much too quickly. 
or a lot in a short amount of time. This is different for men and women as well. So for men, binge drinking is classified as having five or more drinks within two hours. For women, this is classified as having four or more drinks in two hours. Now, if you are someone who's underage or doesn't know what a standard drink is, I'm going to explain that now and that might make a little bit more sense. So one standard drink contains 10 grams of pure alcohol. Now this takes the body at least one hour to process. This equates to one pot of full strength beer, 100 mils of red or white wine, or 30 ml of a spirit plus a mixer. Now, if you are out somewhere and you are getting, say, a vodka drink or a gin or something like that, they will give you 30 mils automatically. If you go out and order a wine, you might notice a line on your wine glass. That is to signify that 100 ml, so that they are only giving you one standard drink. Now, of course, with beer and things like that, a pot is the smallest size. So if you're getting a pint or even a schooner of beer, you are having more than one standard drink, I guess, for that hour or for that time. Now, of course, going out and drinking isn't the only way that you can do it. You can, of course, buy alcohol from bottlers and things like that. The most important thing that you can do when drinking or when buying these products is to check the label first. This will tell you exactly how many standard drinks are in an alcoholic beverage. You can then decide how much you want to drink or when you can drive. Now, of course, remembering that body size, an empty stomach, your body fat and your gender will all affect how concentrated alcohol becomes in your system. And I know I'm probably going to say that again in this episode, but it's really, really important to remember that these facts that I'm giving you are just a guideline. Now, let's say that you drink way too much and you wake up the next morning and you have to go to work and you're still feeling a little bit, maybe a bit tipsy. There is no quicker way to sober you up than taking time. I don't care if your friend's mum's auntie told you that eating a loaf of bread with tuna on it will help you sober up quicker. It won't. There also was actually this really gross wives tale that went around when I was a bit younger that that is what would sober you up, tuna and bread, which I, if you have ever been uh, hungover before, that sounds like the worst thing you could think of (laughs) to eat. Now, no amount of cold showers, of exercise, of coffee, of milk, or even vomiting will sober a person up. And it's really, really important that you never believe any different, especially if you are of driving age and you are thinking of getting behind the wheel. You might not only get pulled over, lose your license, or, you know, get pulled into a breath test and lose your license if you are over, but it's also endangering the lives of the people on the road around you and it endangers your life as well. So really, really important to remember that. A lot of people as well, especially in this day and age, promote and push the narrative of being really healthy and having a really, I guess, good image of health. And that's really great and important. But a lot of people in my life, myself included, have fallen victim to the mentality that if you only drink on the weekends, you're fine. However, binge drinking, as I talked about before, is much worse for you in the long term than maybe just having a wine with dinner. 
And again, of course, I am only talking about this if you are over the age of 18. If you are under the age of 18, you should not be drinking. And I will tell you especially why that is in a moment. Besides, of course, it being the law. (laughs) So moving on now to talking about the short-term and the long-term effects of drinking alcohol. So according to the Australian Department of Health, Here are some of the short-term effects. They include a feeling of well-being, your reflexes slow down and your coordination is affected, so you might find it hard to walk. You have impaired judgment and reduced inhibitions. You might feel more confident and more relaxed. You might experience some drowsiness, blurred vision, slurred speech. You may also experience unstable emotions. People find that they might cry a bit more. You can experience memory loss. So this is kind of what people talk about having memory blackouts and not really remembering what happened the night before when they wake up the next day. Uh, You might become sick and you might actually vomit. In more serious cases, you can become unconscious or pass out. People may have to be put into a coma. You can also stop breathing and you can pass away from the short-term effects of drinking alcohol. I think that's really important to remember. It doesn't have to be something that you do for a long, long time. You can drink alcohol once and you could potentially die depending on what you're doing or how much you're drinking. So I guess I don't want to completely terrify people, but... If you are responsible with the way that you drink or if you are at least informed about how to be responsible in the way that you drink alcohol, that is the most important thing and that will allow you to, I guess, partake in that activity in a way that is safer at best. Another effect of drinking alcohol is experiencing something called a hangover, which actually occurs the day after you drink. So what is a hangover? A hangover consists of, I guess, the unpleasant signs and symptoms that develop after you drink too much. Now, it's caused by dehydration and the toxic effects of alcohol on the body systems. You may experience fatigue, weakness, thirst, headaches, muscle aches, nausea, stomach pain, anxiety, irritability, shaking, and even sweats. And it can take a couple of days to get over a hangover, depending on how much you've had to drink. So when I talk about all these other effects that happen at the time, it's important to remember that you will be feeling it the next day as well, especially if you are partaking in binge drinking. So some long-term effects of drinking alcohol include cognitive and memory problems, mental health issues such as an increased risk of suicide. It also increases the risk of cancer. It suppresses your immune system. And this is multiple cancers. So liver cancer, bowel cancer, stomach, breast, mouth, throat cancer. That's just to name a few. It can result in liver damage. As I talked about before, your liver processes about 90% of the alcohol that goes into your body. You can experience muscle weakness. It can cause people to have fertility issues such as a reduced sperm count or reduced testosterone levels in men. You can experience stomach problems and ulcers, nerve damage. It can cause your heartbeat to become irregular and can cause weakened heart muscles. So that can, of course, increase your blood pressure. 
You can experience brain damage or other related conditions such as dementia. You can also become alcoholic or have alcoholism. Now, this just means that it's I guess, hard to quit and you were dependent on it. This is more likely to occur if you suffer from depression or anxiety, or if you have a history of alcohol dependence in your family. Of course as well, just wanna put this in here too, if you are pregnant or planning a pregnancy, it is best not to drink alcohol. This also includes if you are breastfeeding your baby. So those are just some of the physical effects of alcohol on our body in both the short and the long term. But alcohol can also lead you to behave in ways that you might not when you are sober. This behavior can affect relationships, it can affect your work, and of course can affect your overall health. Young people in particular are a lot more likely to go out, um, I guess go to clubs and bars and house parties, and they'll binge drink or they'll partake in binge drinking behaviors. And that's, you know, because they want to get drunk quite quickly. They're consuming a lot of alcohol in a short period of time. And maybe that's to have a good time or, because it's fun or because your friends are doing it. And that's okay if you are able to be responsible, but it's almost impossible to partake in binge drinking behavior and say that you are a responsible drinker because that is not a responsible way to consume alcohol. Of course, we talked about having one standard drink an hour and really kind of making sure that you are being conscious of how much you are having in a given night or on a day or whatever it is. And this behavior, this kind of binge drinking behavior or going out on the weekends, and look, I say young people, but it can be anyone of any age. It can affect every single part of your life. This includes difficulties with lifestyle. So you're less likely to be productive or proactive. You're more likely to eat badly the next day due to a hangover. You might not do much. And of course, this is okay sometimes. But if it's something that you're doing every weekend, it might be important to sit back and kind of reflect on what you could be doing besides this. It can also affect your finances. So drinking can be quite expensive, especially in Australia. The cheaper things on the market may not taste as nice. Uh, You can also build up a tolerance to alcohol. So it can become quite an expensive habit. And of course, if you are a person who's going out to bars and clubs, the prices are just higher at those venues as well. It can affect your relationships. So you don't know what kind of drunk you might be. Now, you may have heard of this before. If you don't drink alcohol, people talking about themselves as a particular type of drunk. For example, you could be a silly drunk or an angry drunk. As I said, you don't really know how you will act. Your brain, your inhibition, and your decision-making are totally impaired. This can cause you to, of course, act in a way that maybe you wouldn't when you're sober and to maybe do things that they will regret the next day. Alcohol can also affect your work and school. As I said, you are less likely to be productive or proactive in that way. And sometimes it can make people miss school or miss work. Now, again, talking about behaviors and things like that, it can get you in trouble with the law. People who are intoxicated are much more likely to commit crime or to partake in antisocial behavior. So that's kind of that aggressive behavior, maybe, or uh, reckless behavior. It's also important to know that drinking in a public space is not legal. So if you are out in public, you can get in trouble if you are consuming alcohol. 
Alcohol can affect your mental health, so it actually increases symptoms of depression and anxiety. So it isn't just physical, it is mental as well. You may feel like you have no motivation, you know, so if you want to take care of your mental health and your physical health, you should look at limiting your alcohol intake. Again, risk-taking behavior is huge for people who are drinking alcohol. You are so much more likely to partake in this kind of risk-taking behavior or risky sexual behavior as well. So this means that you might do something that you wouldn't normally do when you're sober and maybe you do something and you haven't been able to give full consent or the person that you're with hasn't been able to give full consent. Now this is for both males and females and this is really, really, really important to take into account when you are drinking alcohol. Maybe you are going out, maybe you are seeing people around. I will do a full episode on consent in the future but uh, just wanted to put that in there as well. One last thing people may have difficulty with if they drink alcohol or partake in binge drinking is social embarrassment or social exclusion. So for example, maybe you vomit in public, you get into a fight, People sometimes lose control of their bladder and bowels as well. So that's just important to take into consideration if you are wanting to go out and partake in binge drinking. These things can happen and they are actually quite common. And on that note, it's important to not get into situations where you don't know what you're doing. So this is just all about being responsible when you drink. And I'm not here to say never drink alcohol and never go out and never kind of partake in that fun scene that I guess is very, very prominent in Australia in particular, but it's important that you are responsible not only for yourself, but for your friends and the people that are around you. For example, if you don't act well or act right under the influence of alcohol, limit your drinking. And that's again, not only for yourself, but for your friends and everyone else. Because if people are trying to have a good time, that's great. There is nothing wrong with that in particular. But if you are someone that maybe gets aggressive or is one of those people that maybe drinks until they vomit or, you know, they do lose control of their bladder or bowels or something, no matter what age you are, you need to take responsibility for your actions, for what you're doing and for how you are affecting the people around you when you drink. So moving on now to your brain and alcohol. So as we touched on before, alcohol can affect your ability to walk or coordinate movement. You can experience blurred vision, slurred speech, slowed reaction times, impaired memory, the list goes on. So some of these impairments are experienced only after a couple of drinks, so maybe just one or two, and resolve once your drinking stops. However, If a person drinks for a long period of time or partakes in binge drinking, the brain can be affected despite any sobriety. So the parts of the brain that are affected are the frontal lobe, which is responsible for our speech and our emotions, the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for our rational thinking, our memory, our personality and other behaviors. So when I talk about having reduced inhibition, it's your prefrontal cortex that is being affected. Your temporal lobe, this is responsible for interpretations of sound and spoken language. Your hippocampus, which is responsible for memory and learning. And your cerebellum, which controls your movement and your balance. So of course, as we talked about, that kind of not being able to walk or being a bit off balance, that's your cerebellum that is being affected. 
Now, in terms of the developing brain, adolescence is a critical time. Young people are more vulnerable to the effects of alcohol. So consuming alcohol during this time can bring about learning disabilities, memory problems, problems with verbal skills. It can cause people to have blackouts. You can experience alcohol dependence and you can even experience mental health conditions such as depression. Young people are generally also less sensitive to the coordination and drowsiness effects that come about from drinking alcohol. So they are therefore able to stay awake for longer and drink more, which can lead to that binge drinking behavior. So now I'm gonna go through the effect of drinking alcohol and using other drugs. This can be super, super risky, of course, to take other drugs and drink alcohol at the same time. And this does include medications as well. So according to the Department of Health, alcohol can increase side effects of other drugs, reduce the effects of medicine, such as antibiotics or diabetes medication, and it can also hide the effect of a drug or a medicine. Now I'm just gonna cover a few main drugs. So I'm gonna talk about cannabis, I'm gonna talk about something called MDMA, and I'm going to talk about cocaine. The reason I picked these three is because cannabis, if you haven't listened to this episode that I did on cannabis, you should. It's actually, I think it was my first ever episode. Uh, so go listen to that if you haven't, but that is the most commonly used illicit drug in Australia. So that's why I've picked that one. MDMA and cocaine are really, really big party drugs. So a lot of people who go out to nightclubs or to festivals, they use these drugs as a way to stay awake. They are really stimulant drugs. Again, I've done an episode on cocaine covering that too. So if you haven't listened to that either, go ahead and do that as well. So first up, let's talk about cannabis. If you drink alcohol before you smoke cannabis or ingest cannabis in any way, it actually intensifies the effect of this drug. So alcohol increases the absorption of THC, which is the main psychoactive ingredient that is found in cannabis. This results in a stronger high, which may be fine for some people if they do this quite a lot. However, if you haven't smoked marijuana very often or ingested cannabis in any way, it can result in you greening out, becoming highly anxious, becoming very nauseous, vomiting, sweating, or experiencing dizziness. On the contrary to that, if you smoke cannabis or ingest cannabis before you drink alcohol, there isn't too many studies on actually what happens. However, some found that marijuana can minimize the effects of alcohol. So you therefore might actually be tipsier or more drunk than you feel, which increases your risk of becoming overly intoxicated in a short period of time. According to a 2011 study from psychopharmacology, those who consumed alcohol and smoked marijuana had reduced cognitive performance than those who only drank alcohol. And in the long term, combining alcohol and marijuana may be associated with changes in brain structure. So that's just a few reasons why you shouldn't combine those two drugs being alcohol and cannabis. Now moving on to MDMA. Now the real name is way too long for me to actually say, but MDMA is most commonly referred to as molly or ecstasy. 
Now, it is a stimulant drug with minor hallucinogenic effects. There are many risks for taking MDMA alone, which I will do an episode on in the future, but it is even more of a problem when mixed with alcohol. And this is because the liver metabolizes both of these drugs. So too much alcohol can cause a slower removal of MDMA from the body, resulting in a buildup, which can lead to more serious side effects or stronger reactions to the drug. Alcohol and MDMA can also increase the release of dopamine and serotonin in your brain, and an overconsumption of MDMA can lead to something called serotonin syndrome, and this causes confusion, muscle spasms, a raised heart rate, and high blood pressure. Alcohol actually increases this risk and can make serotonin syndrome even more severe. Now, some things that can happen if you binge drink and take MDMA at the same time, it increases your blood pressure, your heart rate, you may experience changes to your heart rhythm, it increases depression and anxiety, it can cause confusion, seizures, a change in mental status. You may even experience hallucinations. And as I just touched on, because alcohol causes a slower removal of MDMA, a buildup can actually result in an overdose. So now we're gonna talk about cocaine. Like MDMA, cocaine is a stimulant drug. So as we talked about at the start, alcohol being a depressant drug, these two drugs that we've just are talking about are the opposite to that. So they actually speed up messages to the brain and body. When you drink alcohol and take cocaine, it actually increases the toxic effects of the cocaine. Using this drug cocaine and drinking alcohol actually creates new elements. Now, one of the most powerful of the metabolites that it actually produces when you're doing both at the same time is called cocathylene. Now, this is stronger than either of cocaine or alcohol by themselves. It increases toxicity to the heart, the liver, and other major organs, and it also stays in the body much longer, so therefore the toxic effects last longer. In addition to that, it increases the risk of stroke by shrinking blood vessels, raising the heart rate and blood pressure, and can also cause sudden brain bleeding. People may also find that they have increased cravings for cocaine when using alcohol, and they may have an increased risk of violent behavior and impulsivity as well. A 2017 study from the European Journal of Trauma and Emergency Surgery found people who use cocaine and alcohol are also more likely to have injuries or adverse reactions and visit emergency rooms more often. Once again, it's important to remember that drugs affect everyone differently. Make sure that you are responsible when you drink alcohol and avoid binge drinking. Don't be afraid to say no, especially in a society that pushes it at every event. It can actually be good to say no every now and again and give yourself a break. If you are someone who does go out every single weekend, I encourage you to reflect and make sure that as I said, you are taking a break every now and again, especially from that binge drinking behavior. And if you do go out all the time, that's great. 
but just making sure that you are doing it responsibly and you're drinking responsibly. And of course, if you are under the age of 18, I have just touched on the fact that it does more harm during this time. So wait it out before you try it. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know it's easy to sit here and say, oh, just don't do it before you turn 18, which is kind of, you know, it's not really taking that harm minimization approach. So I hope that the things that you have learned in this episode specifically about binge drinking and standard drinks and what to look for is helpful in allowing people to drink more responsibly. The overall message here is just to be responsible, once again, not only for yourself, but for the people around you. That is all from me today on the topic of alcohol and its effects on our body and brain. I hope that you feel more informed and encouraged to drink responsibly. I hope everyone stays safe and I'll be back in your ears very soon. See you later.